Hello, and welcome back to The Family Bookshelf. I am Nick, the Game Schooling Dad, and with me, as always, is my wife, Amber, of ambitionsforchrist.com. Today, I've got three books for you, two I think you should pick up, and one I think you can skip. I'm focusing on middle school fiction today, uh, so you, a different side of myself, a little bit goofier side of things I do enjoy. So the first one, I've read six in this series, and the first five, I think uh, the first five in the series, The Dragonettes of Prophecy, I believe is what the series is called, the, the books are called The Wings of Fire by Tua Sutherland. I was really impressed with these books. Uh, so you basically have five dragons, they're in a prophecy, and they got to go fulfill this prophecy. And of course, adventure uh, ensues, you know, and there's there's a lot of good themes in there of friendship, of sticking together, you know, they're, they're all searching for their families. So they have the idea of, you know, families being very important, and they all have different types of families that come in. I love the author's writing, actually, what was really impressive here is that all five of the dragons really had different personalities. And each yeah. book, uh, each of the five books focuses on a different dragon from their perspective. And they're all written very different. Well, and that's always nice when it kind of breaks it up so that you have something new to focus on or a new point of view. Because especially in a series, I think sometimes you can the point of view can get a little old if oh, yeah. you go through in the same waves for it too gets, long. It gets stale, you know, it gets yeah. old. And this one, uh, there was enough difference between each of the dragons that it never really got there. Uh, of course, you end up liking some dragons more than you like others. You like, you know, this one is better than that one. You know, you don't care for the other one, you know. And so there was one book in the series that was a little duller than the others, you know, of the five. The second one I didn't think was as good, but it was still worth plotting through to get to all of them. All five of them I thought were really solid. Now, I will warn you, uh, I did read a prequel uh, to it, which is a totally different part of the series, and it did have a um, a gay couple in there. Oh. So I would warn you of that. If that's something that concerns you or bothers you, it is there. It's mentioned. It's not something that is up in front but it is a part of that, so I don't know if any of her other books, I've only read the six, uh, simply because after the first five, I thought the series ended so well. You know, there comes a time when you spend too long with some characters. Right, sometimes you just got to end something. You've got to end a series, and you've got to be happy with where it is. Right. I know when I used to read to the kids or something like that, they always, you know, what happens next? What happens next? It's like, well, that's the end of the story, you guys. Right. And honestly, if you kept going... You wouldn't like it as much. Yeah, a good ending is, is a good ending because it stops sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> the story just needs to end. It is also a little violent. Um, not going to sugarcoat it. There's no you know other stuff in there, but there is some violence. The dragons are in the middle of a war. They do fight each other. They do kill each other. So if you know, it, of course, it's it's violence against dragons. Uh, they do talk about violence against humans a little bit. Sometimes the dragons will kill a human, but the humans are more like um little woodland creatures in mm. these books as opposed yeah. to fleshed out human beings who are real humans and right. the whole world it's is a, revolves around dragons it's a fantasy world it's a fantasy world and and so you know you struggle with that i have not shared it with my kids they're probably a little young i would go maybe eight nine ten um maybe fifth sixth grade to right get to there uh they're also a little hard to read for for little ones to read independently uh i would have to read it aloud to them yeah but I think they would love it. Uh, dragons, and they oh, talk yeah. about dragons. And... Well, and especially, I mean, you think about it, especially for boys, like what boy doesn't love a good dragon story? Oh, yeah. And I mean, especially our daughter, you know, whatever Barry loves, you know, Laura loves as well. And it's one of those things where I think, you know, a lot of times if you can make the boy enjoy it, you can usually get the girls hooked too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they, they were fun stories. I, I really found myself really enjoying them. I was surprised um, because I, 
I didn't know what to expect. It was flying exactly. off my shelves at the library, and it was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And I was like, hey, I'm really impressed with this. You know, I'd never heard of Tua Sutherland before, and I think she's got a whole 15, 16 books in this series. It's quite oh. remarkable. Like I said, I've only read the first five, and I was really impressed. The characters all grew. They all had nice arcs. They came together. You had a good plot, a fleshed-out setting. It was like, this is really well thought out and really well done, and all the books connect. You know, you go back and you reread some of those older, um, well, Harry Potter, and you realize pretty quickly that uh, that's <laughs> probably not as good as we all remember it. <laughs> um, nothing is Harry Potter. We'll probably have to do a special episode about that sometime. Oh, yeah. But um, that's The Wings of Fire by Tua Sutherland. So the next book I really enjoyed was Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. And this is another series. I believe there's four of them, and there's a fifth one that he hasn't finished yet. This was by Brandon Sanderson. Okay. I think, I mean, he did finish off the Wheel of Time series, correct? Yes. Robert okay. Jordan was writing the Wheel of Time, and then he passed away. And Brandon Sanderson, I think, wrote the last three. Or, or really what he did is he compiled them after Robert right. Jordan's notes. And so he made um, the end of that. And that's really where I had first heard of him. But he is a fantasy author in his own right as well. Okay. And so I've really enjoyed what I've picked up by Brandon Sanderson. This was not the only books. I picked it up, of course, because of the evil librarian. <laughs> uh, as a librarian, I thought that was really interesting. and That hooked me. Um, and again, this was a, a, just a really fun series. It plays around with magic. It's very punny in its humor. Uh, I, I found it very funny. I, I wanted to know what was going to happen. I found the characters very interesting. Uh, I, it's probably a step up from Harry Potter as far as writing-wise. He's probably a better author, uh, but probably not as engaging of a story. Okay. So, I mean, J.K. Rowling, of course, is going to get the ultimate bonus for having probably the most engaging story of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all wish we had written the Harry Potter series. Oh, yeah. The woman's an absolute billionaire because <laughs> of it, you know. But it's still, it's very well written. The characters are very solid. Uh, the last book gets a little dark. Uh, again, not something I'd share with my little, little guys. My, my oldest is five, kindergarten, right? Right. Again, this is probably something more for those middle school kids. Yeah. Well, and um, I mean, that's clearly the audience they were writing them for. Right. And again, there's no uh, little violence, of course. I mean, these books are going to have violence. That's there, how there's good versus evil. I mean, yes. you want, I mean, there's going to be that clash there eventually where you have to come to a conclusion with it. And oh, yeah. Violence and is a lot sure. of times how that's going to happen. And I'm not sure of any stories that are going to have that good versus evil that don't eventually have a clash. I mean, you right. have to, I mean, even history. Throughout history, when you have good versus evil, you have to have a clash of some kind. Yeah. So it's not uh, not for the uh, young ones, but it was still a very good one. And it was right for his audience. I thought it was very well done. I really liked that. Um, that was Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians, Brandon Sanderson. So the last one I have is probably the one I'm going to spend most of my time on today because it was really disappointing. Uh, it's called The City of Villains by Estelle Lar Laurie. L-A-U-R-E. Laurie? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> so this is in no way affiliated with Disney, right? In, in no way. I, I Disney does not put their name on this. Disney does not have anything to do with this. I do not believe it's published by Disney's publisher, Hyperion. It has nothing to do with Disney. Okay. Right? But it is so clearly, obviously, a <laughs> Disney ripoff. It's not even funny. So what she has done is she's taken all of these old Disney characters, these old Disney villains... And given them, tried to place them in a new setting with new stories, with new backgrounds, and all this stuff. And instead of becoming a real interesting take where you take a new character, it becomes really distracting. Because we have a character named Ursula 
who is in no way in the water, in no way a sea monster, in no way, you know, <laughs> any of these things that you expect from Ursula. Right. You just have a normal teenage girl whose name is Ursula. And it sounds silly, but it's super distracting. It's yeah. like, how are you supposed to be? It's, you know, James, you know, clearly is James T. Hook, Captain Hook. Uh, okay. But yeah. he isn't missing a hand. He isn't the captain of a ship. He isn't on a boat. He's not fighting Peter Pan. He has no problem with crocodiles. <laughs> why did you use, why didn't you Does just. Does the ticking clock not set him off? No, yeah. it's nothing. It's like, why is there, you know, his best friend is named Smee. Oh. Why is his name Smee? This doesn't make any sense. Why did you do this if you're not going to do something with it? Right. Well, even just a simple homage of, you know, he likes to sailboats or sure. something. You know, he's on the sailing team at school. I don't know. Give me something. <laughs> yeah. Why? At this point in time, it's a huge distraction because you've just used characters that we all know but have not given them the characteristics that we expect from them. Exactly. And especially even, again, it doesn't have to be huge glaring, you know, like... Of course not. Just like the story from the movie or something. No, it could be something just small and there simple. Are books, there are books that do this well. Yeah. That can take these homages, can take these characters and change them enough, but still keep them just similar. That's like, oh, I see what <laughs> you did there. Yeah. But this one is like, we've taken a totally different character, but assigned it the character, tr but we've taken a totally different character, but given it a name that we all expect something from. Yeah. Um, we In today's world, we have, you know, there's this... Um, cultural literacy if i write a book and call a character scrooge that sets some that sets some expectations for you as who that character is yeah because, you already know what he should be like yeah i can't make him be super generous and super happy and super kind that would be distracting it'd be mm -hmm. wrong it doesn't fit right those those pieces don't fit in my brain yeah you know and it's not something that i can just get over because scrooge is such an indelible piece of our cultural literacy exactly who we are so okay beyond the names okay <laughs> so it gets worse um, oh boy <laughs> so this story starts with like this flashback of like this event that is likened to a 9-11 uh, a very horrible tragedy that's happened and then is in no way explained we oh. don't know what happened we don't we, a bill to put it quite plainly a building disappeared we don't know how, we don't know why, we don't really know when, we don't really know anything, anything. but okay. it happened. And we're supposed to all know about this and all care about this, even though we know nothing about it. And the characters, I assume, I only read about 100 pages, because when I get about 100 pages in a book, and if it hasn't caught me at that anything? point in time, <laughs> you know, I am not afraid to put a book down. The book police are not going to come arrest me. Exactly. I've, I've learned that. Um, but... All of a sudden, we have this huge event, which is supposed to be this huge thing in all of our characters' minds, and it's like, we know nothing about it, you know? And, and this huge event has created these different factions in this world, but our characters aren't really a part of these factions, but they all have these deep-seated, you know, thoughts about all these factions, and we need to know about all these factions, And but they're never explained or anything, and it's like, what is going on? on you know why did i just spend a paragraph learning about these non-magis who don't think magic exists even though clearly magic just happened to make this happen you know this doesn't make any sense and it gets better i mean it gets better in that it gets much much worse um, <laughs> so a 17 year old girl has a internship with a police department 
Okay. okay. So what would you expect her to be doing at this internship? I would expect her to be, you know, working in the police station. I would expect her to maybe, I don't know, file papers. File papers, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe answer a phone. Right. On a non-emergency line, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. They give her graphic pictures of murder victims. That's what I expect every 17-year-old girl to right. look at. And then, and then after one of her classmates disappears, they assign her to the case. A 17-year-old intern. That would be a conflict of interest even in an adult situation. <laughs> a 17-year-old intern gets assigned to an active case of brutally murdered teenagers... Like, what kind of kangaroo police <laughs> job is this? This is horrible, you know? I, I, and I get stories or wish fulfillment. Again, I understand all that. I know how stories work. I understand suspension of disbelief. But how much suspension of disbelief am I supposed to give up here? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like suspension of all common sense, of all, you know, everything. Yeah. Hmm. That seems and, like a And smart rest idea. assured, it gets even better okay so the part that really angered me and it angered me on a, as a father it angered me on a, a more personal level at this point in time so there's supposed to be this huge romantic story the, the girl our protagonist is absolutely in love with james and she writes it off and it is written as a legitimate you know love story they are you know soulmates they are star-crossed lovers they are romantic to the ends of the earth right okay and then all of a sudden he becomes angry and violent and oh. she loves him more um that's, That's not, not okay. Good. And then and then she goes off into the woods with him by herself, by alone, you know, they go off to the woods. A teen girl. A teen girl off in the woods alone with this boy. And then she blacks out, wakes up the next morning and doesn't know what happened. Uh not okay. So if there's nothing good happens in these scenarios. These these are not good things. And again, after all of this happens, it's still a, oh, it's so romantic, and he loves her so, so much. So it's not even put in a bad light. Like, no. This was a, something that shouldn't have happened, or like, no. we need this to not happen again. It was a or... good thing. She wanted to spend more time with him. It was okay, because they were in love. And that's a huge problem. That was a huge problem for me. There was no way I could condone that. It, it should be setting off red flags for every adult, every parent, everyone who is had any time or spent any time with a young girl. This is not a relationship we should be emulating at all, period. Yeah, and you're now putting this book into the hands of young preteen teens. I mean, the girl is 17, so you could maybe maybe say high schoolers yeah. but you know it's with it being the uh non-disney disney ripoff it's going to find its way into hands of girls much younger oh yeah so it's like that is where it really drew the line final line for me you yeah. have all of these things stacked up and then you have a very abusive relationship that is an abusive relationship if he becomes angry and violent over someone else talking to you that is abuse. That yes. is not a positive relationship. If you cannot remember what happened with him the night before, that is a abusive relationship. That is not a loving relationship. So that was... Uh, That's definitely the end of that book. <laughs> that was shocking and disappointing for me. And I, I, I really couldn't recommend... Le really couldn't recommend more that you avoid City of Villains by Estelle uh, Laurie. I assume. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... This has been the Family Bookshelf. Uh, once again, I am Nick, the Game Saloon Dad, and with me is Amber of AmbitionsForChrist.com. Thank you.